excited. So those of you guys who don't know me, my name is uh, Beth. Uh, there is no other group of young people I would rather be speaking to than you guys, because you the guys are the guys that I see uh, week in and week out. So I've been uh, praying and thinking about this talk all week. And I really feel like God's got some really significant stuff to say to you guys. So get comfy, settle in, do what you need to do to focus. If you need to put your phone on airplane mode, do that. Do what you need to do to listen up and see what God might have to say to you guys this morning. But first, uh, I'm going to do a little bit of a recce. We're going to kind of see uh, out of some of the most common fears, who in the room kind of shares them. So we're going to start off with spiders. Stick your hand up if you're scared of spiders. Keep your hand up if you're like, I have to leave the room and get someone else to deal with it, kind of level, scared. Put your hand up if you're not bothered about spiders. Yeah, we've got quite a few not bothered. We've got quite a few who are. How about heights? Put your hand up if you're scared of heights. Oh, we've got some of, does it depend on the height? Is this what we're saying? No, so like, would you do like go ape? Give me a nod if you do go ape. Like high ropes, that kind of heights. Yes? Nice. Okay. And the next one is uh, flying, not like Superman flying, but like flying in a plane. If you get a little bit scared and you get turbulence, stick your hands up in the air. Ooh. See, I sometimes do, I sometimes don't. Sometimes I'm fine and sometimes I'm convinced that we're going to fall to the ground and die. So they are some of uh, the most common fears. What's funny about that is that different people put their hands up for different ones. Uh, fears look really different for everyone. And in the same way, courage is also going to look really different for each one of you guys as well. What might be easy for you might be difficult for your friends. And what is easier for your friends might be difficult for you. So you can't ever compare your fears or your courage against someone else because it's a completely individual thing. And courage is a weapon to face fear with. And the definition of courage is the ability to be able to control your fear in a difficult or dangerous situation. Which is kind of funny when you think about it. Because when we think of courageous people, we often imagine uh, firefighters, or we imagine heroes, or we imagine people in really extreme circumstances. But if the definition is just that courage is the ability to control fear in a difficult or dangerous situation. It's actually a really normal everyday thing too and it's something that each one of you guys can do. Because courage isn't living without fear, being fearless. Courage is living despite of fear. And so that is what we are going to be looking at this morning. Um, if you could just pop the verse up on the screen. I'm going to read this verse because this, I believe, is one of the reasons why we should engage courage as a weapon in our lives. Because John 10.10 says, The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy, but I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. God wants us to have life to the full. Whether you're a Christian or a non-Christian, that is the truth, that God wants you to live life in its fullness. He doesn't want you held back by your fears or your worries in your everyday life. Whether your fears are just going into school because it's a really difficult place, whether your fears are over the future, you, you don't know what secondary school is going to be like, or you don't know what to do for GCSEs or A-levels or when you leave. Maybe it's fears of what other people think of you guys. All of these things can hold us back from what Jesus wants us to experience and from living our lives to the absolute full. Like the video said, it can hold us back, it can put our lives on hold. But I really believe that you guys don't have to put up with that, but you guys can live in courage. So this morning we are going to look at the story of a guy called Ananias. You can find it in Acts 9, 1-19. Uh, but first, uh, if you have a look at the bottom of your chairs, two people will have like a little red pipe cleaner attached to the bottom of their chairs. If that's you, give me a wave. Yes, we've got one over here. Has anyone else got one? We found another one. No 
No. It's on their leg. Oh, it's on the leg of the chair, yes. I was like, because I won't be attached to their leg. I was like, we weren't that prepared. We didn't just attach it to someone. You, okay, can you come up to the stage, please? We're missing another person. Does anyone want to volunteer for me? Yeah, no, George, you, you've already been up. I'm sorry. JR, RJ. Oh, don't be sad. Please come back. Yeah, George, come and join us on the stage. So, um, I don't know where the other pipe cleaner went. So, basically, what you guys are going to do is um, I brought with me some um, dried maggots that you guys are going to eat. I'm actually just kidding. You're not really. You're just going to hold a bit of paper up for me. Um, but I just wanted to see the reaction. Brilliant. So, um, when I was in primary school, I really liked a little bit of story time. Does anyone like story time? Got a few people. Hungry Caterpillar, personal favourite of mine. Yes, got another lover of the Hungry Caterpillar. So, we are going to look at the story of Ananias today in stick man form. You're going to see the glories of my A-level art, everybody. So, I hope you are going to appreciate this this morning. So, what is going to happen is, George, you're going to hold this end of the paper for me. And then, you're going to be the unroller. And there's a wiggly line in between each picture, so you know when to stop. So I'm going to come here, and we are going to look at the story of Ananias. So if we can unroll the first bit. Here is Ananias. I inspired his image off of Andy Hancock, everybody. And so we have Ananias. We like Ananias. He's a follower of Jesus. He's a good bloke. We'll come back to him in a little bit. There we go. Here we have Saul. We don't like Saul. He's pretty nasty. He's got fangs and everything to make him look even more evil. So Saul was a guy who hated the followers of Jesus. He wanted to kill them. He set out arrest warrants. He was basically their biggest enemy. And he decided that he was going to try and arrest all of the followers of Jesus in a city called Damascus. Unroll. So he went, looking rather angry, on his way to Damascus. And on the way, there was a big, bright, shining light. And he heard a voice that said, Saul... Why are you persecuting me? What is your problem with me? And this voice was Jesus. And it told Saul that he had to go to the city and then wait until he was told what to do. So Saul went onto the city. He did this. Apart from problem, was that he was now blind. So blind Saul had to be led by his companions all the way to the city. Now here we have our Andy Hancock-inspired Ananias again, who also happened to live in this town of Damascus. And he had a conversation with God. And God said to him, Ananias, I want you to go to a little place called uh, Straight Street. And you're going to go into the house of Judas. And I want you to go. There's a man there named Saul. Uh, He's waiting for someone called Ananias to turn up. Now, at this point, the cogs start whirring. And Ananias realizes that he means the guy who basically wants him and all of his friends killed. So it's kind of not surprising when Ananias says to God, God, I've heard of this guy. He is going to want to kill us. He wants us all arrested. He's not keen on the idea at all. He is scared. But God went, no, go. I have got plans for Saul. Go. So Ananias, he had the courage. He went and he found Saul, who was blind, beautifully drawn here. I didn't know how else to do it. And he finds him there. And he prays, and Saul gets his sight back, and he becomes a follower of Jesus. Here we go. Shiny, da-da. And basically, Saul becomes a follower of Jesus and doesn't kill Ananias, which is brilliant. And so, in a way, that is the end. Clap for everyone. You can sit down now. You can see this scrumpled on the floor. That's fine. Just leave it. Oh, yeah. It'll be fine. Brilliant. Apart from that, isn't 
actually the end because Saul uh, changed his name to Paul. And many of you in the room will know that uh, Paul is the guy who wrote huge chunks of the uh, later part of the Bible. He wrote loads of books and he inspired thousands and thousands and thousands of people to have hope and to know God's love and to become a follower of Jesus. There are millions of people around the world today who are still reading the stuff that Paul wrote. If it wasn't for Ananias having the courage to go and face his fears, there's a good chance that loads of us might not even be here today and we wouldn't get to read the stuff that he wrote. Ananias had courage in the face of his fears. He didn't let his fear overwhelm him. Now, I want you guys just to think about a question. You don't have to talk about it to the next person, but just have a little bit of a think in your head of what would your life look like if fear didn't exist? What would your dreams be? What would your daily life look like? How would you act if fear didn't exist? Now, it's all well and good talking about having courage in the face of fear, but if we don't have any uh, practical things to apply, it can be a little bit difficult to get our head around. So I'm just going to give you four kind of key practical points of how you can engage courage as a weapon so you guys can be armed and dangerous. And the first one is having a good foundation. A few years ago, I did a gap year in Mexico, and we went for about a month to Mexico City. Now, Mexico City is a huge city. There are 25 million people in this city. We're talking, when you fly in on the plane, you can't see any fields or anything. All you can see is buildings. It is massive. And so all the buildings are are really packed in like sardines together. And also, we had about 12 of us girls all sleeping on the floor in a little room. We were also packed in like little sardines all together. And one night, uh, I get woken up, there's a bit of a hustle and a bustle in the room, it's about half four in the morning, and I open my eyes, and everyone's kind of like starting to move around, and someone comes in the room, and they go, guys, there's a fire on the roof of the building next door. And so like, I kind of pull my seat back down, and we go out, we go onto the top of our roof of our building, we look, and we see that, yes, the building next door is on fire. Now, for those of you who don't know this, one of my big fears in life is being caught in a fire. So I start to get a little bit nervous at this point. And then someone starts to point out, oh, there's petrol canisters on that roof as well. Now, petrol plus fire equals big explosions. So my head, I start going, it's going to explode and we're all going to die. Now, everyone else starts evacuating really calmly and really safely. I'm there and I just start running back to the room going, ah! So I go running back to the room. I grab a couple of things. I'm not even aware of what I'm really picking up, but I pick them up and then I run. I go downstairs and I meet everyone else. They're all telling me off for going back and getting stuff, which you should never do. You even learn that in school for fire drills. But I'm there, I'm out in the street and I'm holding some stuff. And then someone goes, Beth, what have you got? And I look down and um, it's good to know what Beth in fight or flight panic mode thinks is important. So in one hand... I have my passport. Good. Practical. I'm in my pyjamas and I have no shoes, but I have a passport. I can get home. This is okay. In my other hand, I am clutching my teddy bear. Not so practical. (laughs) I am holding my passport and my teddy bear, so if nothing else, I can at least get home and have a good cuddle to help me with my fear on the way. I left my phone. I left my money. But teddy bear and passport apparently is what I needed. I had gone in complete fight or flight just panic mode. So I had just run, grabbed whatever it was that I saw that I thought was important and went outside. I had got absolutely no plan of how to deal with the fact that a fire might affect me. I'd got absolutely nothing in place to help me in that scenario. So I was just completely relying on my mind in the moment coming up with the best option. 
But you see, that's not always the best thing to do when you guys have got to face fear, just to rely on whatever you happen to come up with in the moment. Sometimes we do have a burst of courage on the spot, and that is amazing. But actually, sometimes courage comes out of laying a foundation of really putting things to work. When some people um, go and see therapists and doctors about fears, what they will do is they'll get them to try and deal with their fears in a safe environment so that when they get to face their fears, they're well prepared. And it's kind of the same thing with us. Now, Andy had already mentioned it. It was in the video saying about how God is love and love casts out fear. Perfect love casts out fear. So when we decide to spend time with God, that can help us to get into his mindset, to have more courage. Did you guys know that in the Bible it says over 300 times to not be afraid and to have courage? The Bible isn't a stuffy book that's really irrelevant. It has stuff that is super, super relevant to your everyday lives. Spending time reading the Bible or spending time praying Or maybe if you're not a prayer and you're not really sure about that, get other people to pray. Think about your fears when you're not directly thinking, when you're not directly facing them. And allow God to work in those situations. Have a firm foundation so that when the rubber hits the road, you're prepared. And you don't pick up a passport and a teddy bear like I did. The next thing is trust. Ananias didn't really want to go and see Saul He was like, no, this guy, he's going to kill us. He wants to arrest us. But God's like, go, I've got plans. Ananias trusted those plans. And he went and he saw amazing things happen. In the Bible, it says about how we should trust God and not lean on our own understanding. And that's because God has a bigger picture than we do. Sometimes we just need to trust God and hold on. One of my favorite Bible verses is Philippians 4.13. Turn to the person next to you, say Philippians 4.13. Brilliant. (laughs) This verse says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. In times where I really struggle, that is the verse that I will hold on to, to do things in God's strength and not my own. Now, I wasn't going to share this, but I felt like God prompted me to before. Uh, in relation to actually doing this talk, because you see, the last time I was supposed to do a talk, it was a little 10-minute talk, some people were uh, there who were in this room, and I just got completely overwhelmed with fear. I was the last one talking, there was supposed to be about, I don't know, 10 of us giving these 10-minute talks, and I felt my chest tight, I had shooting pains in my arm, I felt sick, and I was like, if I get up, I'm going to pass out, and I kept telling myself, I can't do this, this is too much. And what happened is I ended up being so overwhelmed just with feeling ill and being panicky and being fearful that I couldn't actually get up and do it. And I had to leave the room and I felt really ashamed and really embarrassed. And so I got asked to do this talk and I kind of felt a bit like, oh, should I say yes? Because the last time I couldn't do it. And I really just had to trust God. And I prayed and I felt like God wanted me to give this talk. And so I just had to trust him. But even as I was sitting on the front row here, I felt ill. I had to go to Laura and say, please pray. I feel like I'm going to pass out. And so I had to just get prayer in that moment. But I couldn't let the last time affect how every other time was going to look for me. I knew that I had to get up and do this. Whether or not I ended up passing out in front of you all or not, at least I would have tried. (laughs) So that would have been a credit. So sometimes we're going to fail. We're going to fall down. But we just need to trust and keep going and hold on to God's. Point number three is perspective. 
A few weeks ago, uh, some of my friends came to visit. I dropped them off at the Megabus station in Birmingham, and I decided that it was time to get myself a treat before I got the bus back. So I decided to get myself a Krispy Kreme from Tesco. Any Krispy Kreme fans? Strawberries and cream, personally, I think that one's the best one. If you want to debate this, we can chat afterwards. But I think strawberries and cream, definitely the best one. So I go into Tesco, I get my Krispy Kreme, I grab it by the bag and I leave. I go outside of Tesco and there's a guy who's sitting on the floor and he's uh, wrapped up in a sleeping bag and he's got some drawings around him. This guy's homeless and he, he draws pictures and he sells them to try and get a little bit of money uh, instead of just asking for money. And I kind of looked and I thought, oh, that's a good idea. And then I kind of went around the corner uh, and carried on up the road. Now, I wasn't uh, purposefully like, trying to ignore him, but I got a little bit scared, a little bit fearful that this like, situation could be really awkward because sometimes I just don't know what to say to people. And I feel awkward and I'm going like, to be like, they're going to think I'm weird. They're not going to know what to say. I won't know what to say. It's better if I just leave. We'll just leave that. So I went around the corner and I took my Krispy Kreme out of my bag. And as I went to take a bite out of it, I felt like God said something really significant to me. And it was this. It was Beth. Do you think your fear of a potentially awkward situation is more important than that guy? I felt like he said, Do, is your fear of awkwardness really more important than that guy feeling like he's been valued and being seen? And I really wrestled with that. And I sort of stood there. You'd think you'd go straight back. But I literally, I couldn't move forwards or backwards. I kind of just munched my Krispy Kreme and finished it before I made a decision. But I went back to the guy. I bought a picture. Um, it's on my desk uh, in my room as a little reminder. But I think sometimes fear can look so big that we can't see the, the things that God's put on the other side. We can't see how important or amazing or how significant they are because our fears just seem so big. Our, our what fears of what people think of us or fear of failure or rejection or not being good enough, all of these things can seem so big that we can't see what's on the other side. But sometimes we need to get perspective. We need to see what is it that's on the other side and are our fears really worth it? Are they more important? And the last one is just a really quick point because I'm just kind of recapping on something Andy said uh, in his last talk, which was on endurance. If you didn't listen to it, you can get the podcast. Uh, it was amazing. And the last one is just to take a step. Because sometimes it seems like our fear is over here and where we want to be is all the way over here. But just take little steps. You don't have to just take massive leaps. If you've got a fear of public speaking, then maybe don't sign up to do a half an hour talk in front of people all in one go. Maybe for you, it's just reading out something in class is the first step to that. Take little steps. It makes it more manageable. And if you fail, pick yourself up, brush yourself off, and keep going on. So that point that Andy said about endurance and taking a step forward, keep doing that. So like I said before, courage looks different for every one of us. Fear is something we all have, but not something that we all face. But I really believe that God doesn't want you guys just to be living in your fears, but wants you to move past them. So whether you've got a fear of something that I've already mentioned, maybe it's uh, not feeling good enough, maybe it's not getting the right grades in school, Maybe it's a fear of getting too close to people because they've hurt you before. 
God doesn't want you to live out of these fears. So in a moment, we're going to do a little bit of a response for you guys. And basically, what this is going to look like is, I'm not going to ask you to do anything weird, but it's just if you guys feel like there is something that is in your way, that you feel like fear is holding you back, and you feel like you need a dose of courage to get through to the thing that God has got on the other side for you, then we just want to pray for you guys and give you a chance to be prayed for this morning for that. So uh, the band is going to come back on stage behind me. Uh, But what I want you guys to do just before they start praying is um, if you could just close your eyes and just have a think by yourself. This doesn't involve anyone else. Is there something that you feel is holding you back? Is there something that God has placed on the other side of a fear that you want to break through? What would your life look like if that fear didn't exist? And what I want you guys to do is if you feel like you need a dose of courage, that there is something in your life that you are fearful of, then what I'd love you guys to do is just to be bold and be brave, be courageous and stand up. And then we're going to pray for you guys. So if you feel like it's you, you need a dose of courage, you need help getting through some fear, then just stand up now. wrestling with whether to stand up or not just go for it no one's really thinking about you thinking about you watching you amazing so what I'm going to do is I'm just going to kind of pray for you guys and then I think we're going to sing a bit of a song afterwards so dear Lord Jesus I just want to thank you for every single person in this room I want to thank you that you want them to live life to the full and I pray that nothing would stop them from living life to the full. I pray that you would give each one of these people (coughs) each one of these people a dose of courage, not from themselves but courage that comes from you and strength that comes from you and whatever it is that they are facing that they would see change that they would be able to take steps, that they would be able to see those things change better they'll be able to look back in a year's time and see where you have worked Lord so I pray for these guys I pray that you'd give them courage and boldness and strength this morning Lord